How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. That's right, we keep the smooth beats from a next guest who joins us on the Western Hotline to take a look at the NFL landscape. It's Matt Lombardo of Heavy Sports. And Matt, um, we watched. Now, willingly, I don't know. I, I think I had to have my girlfriend hold my eyes open on Thursday night to watch the uh, to watch that Thursday night football game. It was not good, Matt. And, and I told you this week, what I wanted to talk to you a little bit about is whether or not the, the Denver Broncos should be letting Russ Cook or whether or not Russ is cooked, and you said one word back. What'd you say? Cooked. Cooked. Totally cooked. Nate, there is not enough scotch in the world <laughs> to get through what we saw on Thursday night. No, I can't tell you how many times I wanted to tap out of that game and just go to bed, get my first good night's sleep in weeks, right? But but what kept me coming back was just how. You know when you pull up on the side of the road and there's, there's a, a tire fire and a tractor trailer <laughs> over, and you think everybody's okay, but just a, a total spectacle? That's what that game felt like between what was happening on the screen being so god-awful, setting football back 50 years, and the snark <laughs> on Twitter. It was one of the all-time great Twitter nights, so I couldn't pull myself away. But it was, it was awful. Maybe the worst quarterback play game that I've ever seen. And, and yes, to answer your question, I think Russell Wilson is cooked. Listen, uh, you said something that I, I've got to push back on. There's definitely enough scotch in the world uh, to watch that football game. It is football at the end of the day, and it is delicious scotch, scotchy, scotch, scotch. So uh, I, I believe we would have found a way, my friend. But, yes, no, it's, it's, it's a hard conversation to have because if you're a Denver Broncos fan, and, and listen, you know, I think there's a lot of volatility on Friday morning, and, you know, I, I would say rightfully so. You know, hear from the guys like Kyle Brand on Good Morning Football, I mean, sort of eviscerate. Um, Russell Wilson, and you hear his former teammates in Seattle kind of talk the way they talk about him. Um, six, or it's $161 million guaranteed. The next logical out they have in this contract, Matt, is 2026. And at that point, for those keeping score at home, I'll be like 34 years old. So God forbid that Russell Wilson... 34. Yeah, man, yeah. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still a young buck, dude. What are you, 12? <laughs> I wish. 30. 30, you know, you know what happens to the shoulders when you turn 30. All of a sudden, you can't move the same. You know, your, your, your pitching wedge goes from your 140 club to your 125 club. You know exactly what I'm talking about, Matt. Um, but, you know, I, I got to say that this, if you're talking about nightmares, if you're writing a script for worst-case scenarios, it's got to be what we're seeing right now in Denver, Matt. And, and I think if you are the Broncos, 
part of this seems like a little bit of poetic justice. He had two years left on his contract. You signed him to a deal without watching him play one down of football in a Broncos uniform. I just, I, part of me has got to ask, Matt, like, what the hell was Denver thinking? Yeah, this is the type of decision that gets people fired. And you have a new ownership group in the Walton family coming in. I, I believe that they took over either right before the Russell Wilson deal or shortly after he signed his extension. I, I don't know that I would feel great about inheriting that situation. And, and here's the thing. You know, you and I both saw everybody in the world watching that game saw Russell Wilson miss KJ Hamler wide open in the back of the end zone. But we saw the interception to Stephon Gilmore where, you know, I've, I've seen guys call for fair catches on punts that had to put forth less effort than that interception. And, and, and you know, the, the problem comes in is this was almost hubris on Denver's part. You, you hit the nail right on the head, Nate, as you typically do. That they didn't need to do this. And I spoke to an offensive coordinator in the AFC on Friday morning, and I said, what the hell happened to Russell Wilson? And he said, Matt, you know, he's looked like this for the last two years. So, you know, this is not anything new. And I think that people inside the league, I think they, they always, or at least over the last couple of years, I think that that's why you saw what's happening in Seattle starting to happen with them running the ball really effectively and Geno Smith playing as well as he is. But I spoke to an AFC South scouting director who said that Russell Wilson looks lost, that he's really surprised by what he's seen over the last 12 or so months from Russell Wilson, and he doesn't look like a veteran quarterback. So, you know, that's the perception inside the league. And I think, Nate, for me watching that on Thursday night, not just Russell Wilson, but also Matt Ryan, Mm. you know, we can talk about the success story of Tom Brady going and winning a Super Bowl, Matthew Stafford still very much in the prime of his career going and winning a Super Bowl in L.A., but those feel like the outliers. Sure. And the cautionary tales are Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson, where you're trading for these guys in their mid to late 30s and, and backing up the Brinks truck to pay them. It, it feels like, you know, your roster wasn't ready to get there anyway. And now you're stuck. And now you can't build unless you draft well and draft really well for the next two or three years as your aging quarterback continues to age. So I think the Broncos have a real mess on their hands. I really do. Before we transition to the Colts, because I think that's a whole other situation and a whole other conversation, just to kind of put a bow on this Denver Broncos conversation, Matt, is, you know, they don't have a first or second round pick for the next two seasons because that was the compensation as long as, as well as a former first round pick and Noah Fant. And, you know, I, good defensive players as well. So, I mean, the haul that Seattle got back is one that will be stocking their cupboards for the next two to three seasons. But when you look at Denver now, like, what's next for Denver, Matt? Because, you know, I, I don't know if it's as simple as saying, like, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick in postgame, which, by the way, I've, I've really loved the Amazon broadcast. I love um, the guys they've got on, on stage and, and Fitzy maybe more than all of them. But hearing Fitzy talk about it maybe – try to simplify it as, as much as he could to say like that quarterbacks struggle when they don't feel confident. And, you know, I, is, is it is something as simple to say as like maybe Russell just isn't confident in his game right now. And if he's not confident, it's not going to, it's not going to rub off on the rest of his teammates. That's for sure. But there's also a level of like, and, and I actually agree with a lot of what Kyle Brandt said, you know, maybe a lot of people didn't like the way that he said it because it seemed a little personal, but there was something to be said about in the NFL. If you're a guy like Russ, right. Who is in the spotlight, who kind of isn't a real super genuine person. That stuff can work when you're Aaron Rodgers. That stuff can work when you're Tom Brady. It can't work if you aren't playing at an elite level, and it can't work if you're not super well-liked in the locker room. And it looks like, from at least from the outside, Matt, that he's not super well-liked in that locker room, and he's certainly not playing at an elite level. 
You know, let's unpack both of those questions kind of one at a time there, Nate, because to what Kyle Brandt said, I had heard very similar whispers from people around the league, and I was just hesitant to, to put stuff like that out there because, again, it felt personal, and sure. I didn't know that I saw with my eyes that that's what was translating towards the end of his time in Seattle. Uh, but but that, that notion is not unique to Kyle Brandt. There are a lot of people inside the NFL who feel that way about Russell Wilson. And as far as where do the Broncos go from here, the only real bit of hope is that it's a really young receiving court. You have Jerry Judy, you have Cortland Sutton, you have K.J. Hamler, who, you know, when you get in the ball can be a real burner and get behind the defense if he can stay healthy. And we, we've seen it over the years that quarterbacks in their second year in a system with some continuity with coaching staff and play caller and scheme We've seen them make strides. It happens at the college level all the time. We've seen it in the NFL. You're seeing it with Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. You certainly saw it uh, with Josh Allen when he made his leap in his second or third season. That continuity really helps. So if, if there's you know any reason for the Broncos to feel at all optimistic, it's that maybe after a year, in year two, in Nathaniel Hackett's scheme with his play calling, with the same supporting cast, maybe Russell Wilson turns it around. But, but as you pointed out, they don't have the draft capital to build out around him. So it, it just feels like any sort of improvement in Denver is only going to be surface level or take you so far, unless Russell Wilson really starts to cook again. But as we established before the conversation, I just think he's cooked. Matt Lombardo here, senior NFL reporter for Heavy on Sports, heavy.com, joining us here on the West Her Hotline. And I want to go to the other side, the, the Indianapolis Colts. And this was a team going into this offseason, Matt, with some of the most cap space in football, and they ate a lot of it by going out and trading for Matt Ryan, who's making a whole lot of money. Maybe the, he's top five in terms of cap allocation for quarterbacks in the league this season. And you know, looking at the results you're getting, it's not been the upgrade that I think they Im- they imagined they were getting over Carson Wentz. Not to say that Carson Wentz is some world beater right now, but he's putting up better numbers, at least and on average, through four weeks than Matt Ryan has. And they, they have that glimpse in week three last week, or two weeks ago, I should say, against the Kansas City Chiefs beating them. But they lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars 24 to nothing. I mean, they put up a zero burger in that game. What is kind of next for the Indianapolis Colts if Matt Ryan does doesn't kind of turn into 2018 Matt Ryan, which I'm assuming is not really looming in the shadows at all. Um, He looks very old. The arm looks very weak and they have one receiver. I know Alec Pierce had a nice game on Thursday night, but I'm not thinking he's some kind of lock to be this team's number two wide receiver long-term. They've got Michael Pittman and a bunch of dudes that, that, you know, obviously Taylor's a great player as well. And one of the best running backs in football, but they've got Michael Pittman and a bunch of dudes at the wide receiver position. Not exactly how you want to surround a quarterback at this age of his career. Nick Foles is next, right? I mean, it's at some point here. Yeah. At some point here, it's going to reach the point where you look around and you watch the tape and see what Matt Ryan is and just how skittish that he looks in the pocket, just how uncomfortable he is, just how uncertain of himself that he is eventually you're going to have to try to find a spark, right? Especially because in that division, let's be honest about this, the Jaguars might be the most complete team, and they blew a 14 to nothing lead in Philadelphia last week. So, so I don't think there's any team in that division who you can say is the runaway favorite who has a complete roster. Maybe the Jaguars have the ideal quarterback situation. That's the box that they check. But, but it just seems like something needs to happen, something needs to change, because it, it really feels like very similar to Russell Wilson, that Matt Ryan's best days are behind him. Because, you know, I, I watch Russell Wilson, and he looks like he's missing throws. 
right? It looks yeah. like he's not going through his progressions, not going through his reads. Those sort of mistakes for a quarterback at that level at that age, they feel correctable over time, right? You can study harder. You can watch more film. You can throw more with your receivers. Matt Ryan, he just looks like, like he's running for his life, like he doesn't trust his offensive line. It, it just seems like, you know, if, if, uh, if, if Russell Wilson is a, a medium well stake, Matt Ryan might be the, the well done hockey puck if it serves you by mistake. Uh, that, that that's a good comparison right there. And here's the thing, right? This is a this is an organization that went from maybe one of the best offensive lines in football to whatever they're throwing out there right now, Matt. I've I've got to say, even a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who really took the league by storm last year, week four against the Tennessee Titans, twenty carries, forty two yards. It's not for a lack of you know opportunity. The week before, twenty one carries, seventy one yards, three point three yards per carry in Kansas City or at home against Kansas City. Week three, he followed that up before injuring his ankle and missing week five. Twenty for forty two, two point one yards per carry. Uh, he's been ineffective, and if he's ineffective to me, that screams there's a problem up front. Oh, big time! And you've seen them. You saw how banged up the Colts are. You saw that they had lack of continuity. You saw that you know they just can't seem to to get any sort of momentum going in for the last couple of years. That's been a top two offensive line in the league. That just hasn't been the case. All right, let's move on to some maybe less depressing topics, Matt, shall we? Um, Looking towards the rest of the NFL and maybe even this Sunday here in Buffalo, we'll start there. Kenny Pickett getting his first career start. And, you know, you started to hear rumblings, I think, at the end of that week four matchup. Uh, Listen, Mitch Trubisky, for everything that, that I think Mitch can be, a lot of it was ruined in Chicago. I think coming to Buffalo was an important sort of reset for him. But listen, when you're a young quarterback, and Mitch Trubisky, don't get it twisted, he's still a young quarterback. Whenever you have a guy looking over your shoulder, and I, and I said this on my podcast the other night, it's like it, you sort of felt bad for Mitch because he's sort of damned if he did, damned if he didn't, right? Like if he wants to open it up and throw the football down the field and expose the football to turnovers, they're going to put him on the bench and they're going to bring in Kenny Pickett. And if he doesn't stretch the football down the field and he plays conservatively, like I think he did, he played a little scared. Like he didn't, he just, what he was worried about is if I can just not turn the football over and manage these games, I get me another week. And I think that's an impossible situation to put any quarterback in. And I think just another unfair example of kind of the career arc that Mitch Trubisky's been on. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it, Nate. I also think that when you watch, especially the game against the Jets, I mean, there was relentless pressure coming at Mitchell Trubisky through that first half, right? And it, it was obvious that he was not comfortable behind the line of scrimmage, behind his offensive line, a lot of throwaways, a lot of poor decisions. And then Kenny Pickett comes in, and, and the dude just stands in the pocket, throws strikes, even with linebackers barreling into his face. And it just seemed like, there was almost this, like, I don't want to call it reckless abandon, but a lack of fear from Kenny Pickett. And he threw the two picks, which aren't great. You're going to, you know, have growing miss, growing pains and rookie mistakes and developing a first-round quarterback. But his mobility bailed him out, scored two rushing touchdowns. And I think that it's just one of these situations where Mitchell Trubisky, I think he served the purpose that the Steelers needed him to. He was a bridge until Kenny Pickett was ready. And I spoke to an offensive coordinator after the week two loss to the New England Patriots, and they told me flat out, you know, if they were in a perfect world, you'd let Kenny Pickett ride the bench for the season, hold the clipboard, learn from Mitch Trubisky, get to know Matt Canada's offense and all of those things. But if you just realize you're not getting any better, week six should be his first start. Well, here we are. 
the Buffalo Bills. Not a, not a great baptism by fire coming up, but one week before that week six line of demarcation, you're getting Kenny Pickett's first start as a Steeler, and I think that he his athleticism and his mobility gives the Steelers' offense a little more upside than Mitchell Trubisky was able to feel. You know, though, Matt, like, I, and I was listening to uh, Trey Wingo was on our station yesterday here on the afternoon show, and Trey talked about like if you're benching Mitch Trubisky at halftime, that means you've been thinking about benching Mitch Trubisky for Kenny Pickett, at least for a little while, at least for the previous week. And if that's the case, the timing of all of this didn't make a lot of sense because you didn't give them the extra, the time off playing on a Thursday night and and getting the extra break. They didn't give him that extra break to prepare and, and practice all week as the starter. And instead, now they're putting him in against the best pass defense of the last half decade, by the way. This isn't just a really good... Now, no Jordan Poyer, of course, but... And no Micah Hyde, obviously, no Trey White. But even without those guys, Matt, this is the best pass defense in football. Top five in yards per uh, yards per pass attempt. Top five in passing touchdowns. Um, t- number one in pa- volume passing yards given up. Um, this is a tough situation to throw your rookie quarterback in. And if you were thinking about it, why didn't you just pull the trigger a couple of weeks ago when you had, had more time to prepare? Well, if not now, when, right? Because you look at the Steelers' schedule. Tampa Bay next week, not great. Great front seven, Tom Brady. On the road in Miami, uh, you know, we all saw what happened when the Bills went down to Miami. We all know what that defense is. At Philadelphia, arguably, I would say, a top two front seven in the league, right? The Saints, the Bengals. And if you don't make the move before then, you're talking about Thanksgiving weekend at Indianapolis before you can have a soft landing for Kenny Pickett. I think it just comes down to uh, nobody is really running away in the AFC North, right? And I think that Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada and that coaching staff, they see the difference. They see the upside. They see that it's not that much of a difference today between Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky. And I agree. It's an awful spot. It's awful, right? Throwing him on the road in Buffalo against Von Miller and Ed Oliver and that dynamic pass rush and that great secondary, it's a bad spot. But I don't know that there's a good spot to put Kenny Pickett in there uh, if you're trying to be competitive and trying to win that division, which, full-hearted or not, it seems like the Steelers might have talked themselves into them being in a place to be able to do that. So if that's the thought process and you think Kenny Pickett gives you a better chance to win, then you just have to, you have to roll with him and hope you can get by this stretch. Matt Lombardo, senior NFL reporter for Heavy on Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Lombardo NFL. And Matt, I, I want to get some of your thoughts here on the Bills, obviously with the with this week's matchup coming up, and talk a little bit about that that loss in Miami and just what a hard fought loss. I mean, how many bodies the Bills at one point were down to thirty count it 30 in that fourth quarter players on the bench they had no offensive lineman to go to Tommy uh, Tommy Doyle who's now out for the season Matt with a torn ACL played the rest of that game on a torn ACL they did not have another offensive lineman to go to in that game that's how dire the the injury situation has gotten and obviously going into this game no Jordan Poyer no Dawson Knox Um, talk a little bit about how impressed and maybe how impressed teams around the league and people around the league have been that the Bills have been able to maintain their level of elite play with all of these injury issues that have really eluded them in the time that Sean McDermott's been here. This has just been one of the healthiest teams in the NFL. And of course, this year, a lot of that has changed. Yeah, no doubt about it. But I think if you're a Bills fan or if you're the Buffalo Bills, you have to be really optimistic about the fact that not only are you battle-tested by the past going into to Arrowhead last year and taking Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs to the last 13 seconds of that game, but just this year, you talked about the war of attrition and surviving the injuries against the Dolphins and 
if they have a better third down play call, you might be in a position to kick a field goal to win that game and get on the plane and, and still be undefeated. And you answer the bell and you go into Baltimore, you fall behind against a really good Ravens team that I think has legitimate Super Bowl aspirations. You knock them off in their building and you're not even healthy. And I think that that's, that's the biggest reason for optimism is that the, the best days for this Bills team are still in front of them. And as I, I spoke to an AFC scout a couple of weeks ago, and his thoughts on the Bills were pretty simple. They have weapons all over the place. They come at you in droves, and they have a cyborg quarterback. So they're really tough to slow down. Uh, th- 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 that's the feeling inside the league about the Bills. And, you know, I still have them top two in my NFL power rankings. I haven't seen anything to change my mind on that. And I said it on my podcast this week. We just debuted at the Matt Lombardo show. I think the Buffalo Bills and Philadelphia Eagles are on a collision course. Mm. They both have franchise quarterbacks. They both have all kinds of weapons at the skill positions. They both have great offensive lines, talent at all three levels on defense. And I think they're the two best rosters in the league. So um, if I were the Bills or I were, were Bills fans, I take a page from Aaron Rodgers' book in R-E-L-A-X, just get through this, get healthy, because I think this, this team has a chance to really be special. Matt, before I let you go, uh, you came out with your very own podcast uh, last week, and your first guest, not too bad, Devontae Adams, wide receiver from the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, what do you got planned for that podcast? I'm pretty excited. I mean, that was a, that was a pretty heavy, you like that, pretty heavy hitter that like you got it. there uh, on your first podcast. What do, you, um, what do you got in store for folks that, uh, that maybe not, don't know about it? I know you just kind of came out with that announcement last week. Yeah, they really appreciate it. We, we wanted to kick the door in right from the from Jump Street. So we had Devontae Adams, a great conversation with him. Chase Claypool from the Steelers, who you guys will see on Sunday. He'll be joining me next week. Really excited about that conversation as well. Um, but the plan is to get 10 to 15 minutes with the biggest names in the sport, current players, former coaches, executives, decision makers. Uh, you know, give them a platform to share their thoughts on the league. I'll give way in with my analysis from the biggest storylines across the NFL. Uh, it's, it's already a lot of fun. We have a full team behind us, and I'm excited about what we're building. And you can subscribe on the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, SoundCloud, all those fun places. Check us out on YouTube. And if you do love the show, I appreciate those five-star reviews. And, uh, you know, I'll hope to get you on at some point to break it down and try to fix that pitching wedge of yours as well. Listen, pitching wedge is not the problem. It's the four iron. You know, the longer those the longer <laughs> those irons that get, the, the less control I've got on that bad boy. I can hit the ball. Uh, listen, uh, there is no problem with the gap and the pitch. It's... It's the four iron that gives me the most uh, that gives me those problems, and unfortunately, Matt, my club that I play at regularly has a couple of long par fours. Where like, doesn't matter how hard you hit the driver, you've got a five, you got a four coming in on the approach, and that's it's just no fun, you know. And it's now in the now in the PGA Tour, you've got these five hundred and thirty yard par fours, and I'm like, well, what, what's a guy like us supposed to do in those kinds of conditions? You know, what the hell? Watch. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Kick your feet up. Crack a beer, drink a little scotch, and watch. That's that's exactly right, my friend. Matt, thank you so much, my friend. Really, I enjoy having you on all the time. Let's do it again soon. Congrats on the podcast. Really looking forward to seeing that thing blossom. And uh, happy to come on whenever, man, and, and looking forward to it. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me. It's always a fun time. Awesome. Matt Lombardo there, heavy senior NFL insider. You can check out his new podcast, The Matt Lombardo Show. He had Devontae Adams on last week, and uh, that was episode one. I can only imagine what episodes two, three, and the rest have in store.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.